to spiritual formation, perfection is not the goal. Uh, the goal is progress. We won't be perfect until Jesus returns someday. Uh, so uh, we, we can't be perfect of our own um, accord here on earth. But 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us uh, that as we behold the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. A degree is a small, small change. Um, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So it's not an all-at-once transformation. It's small changes over time to become more like Jesus. Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about some spiritual practices or habits. Um, and these, these spiritual habits we, we heard last week can do a couple of things. There were, there were a couple of illustrations that he gave to think of it. Um, if you can still see the, the honeysuckle over here with the, the trellis, right? Just like the trellis provides some structure for the honeysuckle to grow, um, these spiritual habits, these spiritual practices can do that in your own life. Um, the other example that he gave was the, the kindling. Uh, when you light kindling, the goal is not to burn the kindling. Uh, the goal is to start a fire. Uh, so similarly, the goal with our spiritual habits is not the habit itself, but the presence of God in our lives. Um, and these habits, these spiritual practices can help begin uh, to build that fire or begin to provide that structure to help us grow. And if we want to make progress, we have to practice. Um, and, and Pastor Trent used a couple of sports analogies to help us understand that. Um, if, you're, if you want to get better at golfing, uh, the way to do that is to not just keep watching golf videos of experts golfing. Uh, you won't get better that way. You've got to actually go to uh, the golf course and you've got to practice. You've got to, you've got to tee up and you've got to hit the ball. Um, Similarly, you can't walk into a gym and begin to deadlift your body weight. Uh, that's not going to happen. If you've never lifted before, uh, you've got to practice, right? You've got to start small and build up over time. And again, remember, the goal of these spiritual habits is ultimately to be made into the image of Jesus, to become more like him. And one of the one of the things that Trent said last week that was impactful for me especially um, is that's possible but not inevitable. Uh, he said, if we're not intentionally being formed by Jesus to be like Jesus, we are unintentionally being formed by something else into someone else. So if we're not taking the time, we're not, we're not building uh, and practicing becoming like Jesus, um, if that's not an intentional practice in our life, then something else is forming us, uh, and it's likely not Jesus. So today we're going to talk about um, the first spiritual practice, uh, and that is the practice of spending time with God. Now that sounds, sounds simple, but I'm not naive, and I, and I know that for a lot of people that's a, that's a source of confusion sometimes tension, a lot of times guilt and shame as well, that daily time with Jesus. Uh, and, and we don't want that to be the case. Uh, so what we're going to do today is I'm going to invite, you all can come on up, I'm going to invite several of our discipleship uh, group leaders. Uh, they're going to come up and we're going to all sit down and we're going to have a conversation. Um, none of these people... Um, 
I'm going to sit here. None of these people that are coming on to, I'm going to sit right there. Um, none of these people that are coming onto the stage will claim to be experts. None of them, I don't think any of them, maybe other than Cameron, uh, would claim to be perfect. Um, but if you know Cameron, that makes sense. Um, but these are all people who have, um, who understand the importance of the spiritual habit of spending time daily with God. And uh, so we thought it would be good uh, for you to hear from some of the D group leaders in the body about what that looks like for them, what their motivations are, how did they learn to spend that daily time with God. Uh, And so we're gonna get started with the first question. Uh, And the first question is, I'm I'm gonna have everybody answer it. Uh, And I know some people were shocked by that this morning when I told them that. Uh, They they didn't think they had to answer every, they didn't think everybody had to answer this one. That's just, what does your daily time with God look like? What does your daily time with God look like? Uh, What rhythms do you have? Uh, And before you give your answer, just so there there might be people in the audience, in in the congregation today who don't know you. Uh, So if you just wanna quickly, you know, give us your name. And then the answer to this question can be quick. Uh, 30 seconds of of a rundown of what does your rhythm look like? What's your time daily with God? look like. Um, start with Angelo and we'll work our way around to Maggie. Because it starts with an A. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, my name is Angelo. Sorry I have a cold. Um, I'm one of the elders here along with Matt and Jacob. Um, what does my daily time with God looks like? Uh, I, think it's pre- I think it's pretty structured. I'm a pretty structured guy uh, all the way around. Um, so I usually start off with, and I got to make this quick, right? Mm-hmm. I usually start off that is correct. Um, in my in my morning uh, with a prayer, um, just before I get out of bed, uh, just before my feet hit hit the ground. Something that was uh, I learned a long time ago, um, and, and just just to thank God for giving me this day. All right. And then as my day goes on, um, I usually have a little devotional during my time going to work, uh, something that I might do on the um, version app, the Bible app. Um, and then once I get to work, then I, I usually have about an hour before I open the center. And um, that's, a, that's more of my time where I'm in deep prayer and meditation and uh, just asking God for guidance for the day. So my name's Samuel. Um, mine starts also in bed. I uh, am an early riser, and um, I'd actually, this isn't a part of this, but uh, there's nothing magical about the morning. If you're a night person, um, sometimes we think like you're more spiritual if you do it in the morning. There's nothing spiritual about doing it in the morning, per se. Uh, I, I wake up early and I'm usually praying in, in bed. Um, I then read uh, a chapter or two um, from the Bible, and uh, on the way into work, I'm usually listening to the radio. People actually still do that, by the way. There, there's these stations that you can tune into, and uh, I usually listen to a sermon on the radio. Maybe next week you can give us a lesson on how to use the radio? <laughs> how to I don't... Do that. <laughs> uh, hello, good morning. My family calls me Jennifer. My friends call me Jen. Just don't call me Jenny. <laughs> and we'll be good. 
Uh, I'm also an early riser, so I like to be in the front room because I like, um, I like to be in the light, um, the sunlight when it's here. And so at 5 a.m., I know you're like, 5 a.m., there's no light, but when there is, uh, 5 a.m., I sit in the, our front room and I have a prayer book, devotional book, my Bible, the plan I'm doing for the year, and a commentary. Um, and even though I have quite a stack of books I go through, same thing. You don't need a stack of books to be spiritual. You really just need yourself and God. Amen. My name is Beth. Is it working? Just press that button. Right there. Is there a button? On the bottom. No. Nope. Nope. Oh. No. Nope. 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 On the left. Here? Yep. There you go. Yep. Jen, uh, yep. Somebody. How about now? There we go. My name is Becca. I didn't want to answer this question. I will. I confess. I knocked the paper out of Jacob's hand. It's true. Um, <laughs> I did. But um, I always start the morning by telling God good morning. Um, it's it's a, a maybe a a silly thing, but I always say good morning, Lord, and I tell Him I love Him, and that kind of starts my day. And my time with him, especially now that I'm retired, looks different than it did whenever I was hurrying out of the house. So I can have a more leisurely time with that. Um, and But things that, with the exception of getting up in the air early in the morning, um, Angelo actually took my 30 seconds, so I'm done now. I think that's a cop-out. Exactly. <laughs> and I gave you that idea, too. Oh. We're friends, really. Um, I'm Diane. Um, I would say my quiet time, <clears throat> excuse me, is an intimate time with my father and a learning time as a student. Um, you know, I have my journal, I have a Bible, I have a devotional. Um, now we have the whatever plan we're going through, the D Life journal. Um, I also like to have my phone, not to check out Facebook, but you know, if there's a song that God puts on my heart. And if you haven't been able to tell, and maybe because I'm in the back, you haven't, but almost for a year now, God has put on my heart, I, even if I talk about it, I can just feel um, the song, Father Let Your Kingdom Come. And I listen to the Matt Mayer uh, version. I love the fact that our worship team is praying or singing that. So there's just times just between me and God that I want music on that I can be singing and worshiping him. So it's, I'm a student, but I'm also intimately with my father during the morning. My name's Ken. Um, I am not a morning person, but <laughs> since I work early, I get up early. Um, I'm also not a fast mover in the morning, so I get up like an hour and a half before I have to leave for work. Uh, it gives me time, about a half an hour, uh, 20 minutes to half an hour to pray. And then as I'm eating breakfast, I read the Bible. Um, but then I also listen to the radio. <laughs> um, I drive usually an hour to an hour and a half to work, so I have lots of time to listen. And uh, I enjoy listening to good, good preaching on the radio. My name's Cameron. I am not perfect, <laughs> but I can admit that. Um, but uh, my quiet time um, is also in the morning. You're hearing that theme here. Um, I, I don't think it's because I'm a morning person. My wife can attest to that. 
Um, but it's because I have to wake up early and get to work. And um, if I don't do my quiet time in the morning, then I, I just get lost throughout the day. It's, my days just get so busy or we're chasing our kids around or whatever. Um, it just doesn't happen. So I try to do that in the still of the morning. Um, and there are some challenges to that at times with young ones that I'll share about later, but um, I usually try to uh, read and pray um, for about 10 to 20 minutes, um, depending on what we're doing. And a lot of times it's my discipleship group, um, whatever we're working through in our discipleship group, I'm working through that as my quiet time. Um, and when we're not doing anything or reading anything specific, um, I will go to the version Bible app and read through some kind of um, Bible in a year plan that usually stretches out to two to three years or um, some kind of themed devotion through that Bible app as well. Uh, good morning. Good. Uh, this is on Matt. Some of you probably probably know me. I've been coming here for a few years. Uh, these all these folks are talking about this, and I'm thinking, you know, there's there's no right or wrong way, but I've tried all kind of stuff. Currently, I have this recliner with the light. It's 5:15 a.m. I'm I'm there five out of seven. If it's that's a win. But I just want to encourage you, like, and then it just kind of flows like the rest of them as your day gets started until you get to your job. You're just trying to focus because it, I'm never disappointed when I do that for my day. If I don't, it's not as good. So I just want to encourage you all that it's, there's no right way, but definitely taking the time whenever that is consistently will is good. It's a good time. And let me, let me add, <clears throat> I, I, I agree that it, it, there's no right way, and I, and I think one of the things we talked about when we were preparing for this was that depending on the season of life you're in, it can look very different. Your, your time with God as a college student or a teenager is going to look very different from your time with God as a young married person with no kids, and that looks, I can tell you, looks drastically, drastically different than my quiet time with God with a newborn and a toddler in the house. <clears throat> and then, as Becca said and Diane affirmed, <clears throat> when you're retired, you, you, everything is at a more leisurely pace. And so you have the, the benefit of, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. Um, <laughs> so so I, I think that, that idea that, depending on the season of life you're in, that time is gonna look different. Go ahead. Hello, my name is Maggie. And um, so one of the first things I was gonna say is that over the course of my life, my process that I do to connect with God has changed. And so Jacob kind of highlighted that. But um, from, from the minute I wake up, I, have a, I start a conversation with God. And I feel that that conversation continues throughout the day. So I'm constantly connected to him in my thoughts, and, um, and, I, and I love doing that. But usually around 6 o'clock in the morning, I get my coffee ready, and I go to the dining room table. And I will say that a study like we're currently in doing at the church has definitely helps. Um, or having a study plan, like a, a year-long reader, which I've done both of those. So, um, But I just really love having the fact that I can sit down and I know exactly what it is I'm going to study for that, that morning. I'll go over the reading, and I'll be sure to read the commentary. I do it with a highlighter and a pen, and my Bible is full of marks all over. Um, and I 
if I still have questions after that, I will even go to the living room at that point and sit in my nice recliner. <laughs> but put the, put the TV on and watch a sermon concerning that particular verse that I'm struggling with um, to try and get a deeper understanding of what that might be. And then at night, that's when I have my um, in-depth prayer with God. And I typically do have a list that I'm praying through. And um, because I don't want to forget anything that I feel is so critically important. But even if I do, I know God understands and he knows it. But I do try to hit everything that I feel is something I want to just pray about that morning. Good. Thank you. Um, and the, the themes that I heard uh, throughout everybody's answers were time in prayer, time in the word, sometimes music. Um, and and that's, that's really the basics. Angelo, could you hold up? I should have taken one one day and offered me one, um, but I said I didn't need one because I had it on the computer. Um, on your way in the door today, you should have gotten a little kind of a, a pamphlet type thing um, that if you struggle uh, with knowing what a quiet time, a, a time with God can look like, uh, that's a great place to start. Um, it kind of sets, sets out some, some, some steps and rhythms that you can help build into uh, your daily time uh, <clears throat> and, and start that, that habit or practice. So uh, everybody should have gotten one of those on their way in the door. If you didn't, stop at the, the welcome desk on your way out uh, and, and we'll have those. Okay. Can I, um, can I add something? Here? Yeah, sure. Please Matt, do. Matt said something. He said there's no right way. I think he meant there was no wrong way to do and it doesn't matter where you're at, um, in your car, at home, in bed, whatever. Um, it's just, just start. Just start doing yeah. it. Just start having a quiet time. Start reading. Start studying. Um, you're never too old. You're never too young mm -hmm. to start. Yeah, just start and, and don't, don't overwhelm your, don't, don't start with an hour. Don't, I think we would all, all say that. Don't start with an hour. Uh, when you're building that habit, you've got to start again. You don't start deadlifting your body weight. You start by, by training with lighter weights until you get to that point. Um, so thank you. Okay. Um, so our next question uh, is, how did you learn to make time with God a priority? Um, did someone teach you? Uh, how did you learn to have your your quiet time, your devotions, or your, your time with God. Um, Cameron, why don't, you, why don't you start us out with that one? Yeah, um, I'll start. It's always good to hear that uh, your pastor puts his money where his mouth is. Um, so I definitely learned uh, about quiet times and a routine of quiet times from my parents. Um, growing up, we were homeschooled for a while, um, so we did have the luxury of not having that crazy rushed, um, we got to get to school on time, uh, routine that a lot of people have to get through um, but uh, we would wake up in the morning and if my dad was home um, him and my mom um, or if my dad wasn't home my mom uh, they'd be sitting in their spot um, their spot for quiet times they would have um, their Bible or their book or whatever they're going through 
um, in the basket next to them, um, next to their spot, and we'd wake up and we'd see their practices and their routines with their quiet times with God. Um, and starting out at an early age, um, we would read Bible stories together. Um, we'd read through some like Christian storybooks um, at night as a family. Um, so it was very... Um, like age appropriate as we were growing up. And then they would encourage us um, by either giving us books or um, helping us to choose a book of the Bible to read through. Um, my mom is a big highlighter. Um, <laughs> she highlights basically the whole Bible. I like this verse and this verse and this verse. That's why I don't um, give my, my reading <laughs> students highlighters. Yeah, it becomes coloring. Um, she also likes to color. Um, but <laughs> um, we, we would just see those routines and those practices like put in, uh, put in front of us and we would model it. And um, obviously um, a lot of people know the verse, uh, train up a child in the way he should go and he will not part from it. They, they train that into us. And um, I'm seeing myself as a parent now um, having to um, put my money where my mouth is and uh, train up my daughter, my toddler, Kaya, um, in the way that she should go. And as, as we're, um, uh, she, as she gets older, I want to model that in kind of the same way that my parents did in age appropriate and spending time with God in prayer and in reading his word. Yeah. Good. Um, Becca, I think you've got similar thoughts to share, Mm -hmm. um, as, as what Cameron's saying, going along with your parent, with your dad. This one I was excited to answer. I didn't, I didn't rebel against this one at all, but um, because my father was my example. Um, he was a Bible student. Now, we never saw my dad's report cards, ever. We saw my mother's report cards, but not my father's report cards. I've never seen, I had never seen him read a novel or a self-help book. He didn't like to write, um, but he loved God's word. And um, he had an area in the basement. He called it Hernando's Hideaway. His name is not Hernando, but he called it Hernando's Hideaway. And um, he would sit there at, he had a card table and his books and, you know, pencils arranged. And, um, and he would just pour over scripture. And he studied his Sunday school lessons. Um, he read Bible commentaries. He, had a, he loved Barclay, which is very interesting to me because... He wasn't a student, but he loved William Barclay, and that's not easy, an easy commentary. Um, but, um, and even, I guess it was a lifelong example of that um, for me, but even after his eyesight failed and his hearing went, he didn't let that stop him. He either listened to the Bible or had someone read to him. Um, when I would go down weekly, we would have to prepare his Sunday school lesson, even though he had he had summed everything up by the end of his life that um, what would Jesus do, which we had talked about last time, last week, and also um, that trust and obey was everything. So we'd go through the whole lesson and it all came to trust and obey in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he just showed me a lifelong example of what a learner of God's word looks like. Um, no matter, you know, when he was super busy and working seven days a week, and also when he had his life became limited to his living room, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, it was just a huge example. Yeah, that's that's great. And and parents of, of young children, let that be you know encouragement um, to you that your your kids are watching, um, and and the things that they see you do, the habits that they see you have, 
uh, are the habits that they're going to know are important to have themselves when, when they grow. Um, and again, I, I get it. Parent of a newborn and a toddler, um, and it's challenging. Uh, my wife and I were talking about that this morning um, because that it's, it's a struggle and, and she's found what, what helps and what works for her right now is she reads her Bible while she's eating breakfast with our toddler. Um, and so he gets to be right in there with that. Um, and again, that's gonna look different in every stage of life that you're in. Um, Angela, uh, what, do you have, what do you have to say about um, how you learn to make that a priority? Um, I think the same thing with most of these guys. Uh, my mother was a big influence in my life. Um, early on, um, she taught us how to go to God, right? And at a young age, you know, most of the things that uh, you want as a kid is just the wants for yourself, you know. I want this, I want this. So she taught us to go to God together and to be on one accord, confirming that. So we would just ask God simple questions, like, are we to go here? And if we all wasn't on one accord, um, like, if um, I really wanted to go to the game and everyone else was praying me and they heard no, I wasn't to go. And I was like, I heard yes. <laughs> God told me yes, you know. Um, we had to be on one accord. Uh, so it was just, uh, it's just learning how to hear God and um, uh, just making sure that um, we were all on the same, the same page with him. Um, the other thing is my mother used to always find little ways to teach us about God. It can be anything. It could be uh, giving out cookies at the end of the evening before we went to bed or uh, one particular time I remember is that she brought this stick to us and at the time it was just me and my two sisters um, and she said I want you to break that stick and she gave it to my sister and she couldn't break it and she gave it to my other sister she couldn't break it so you know me I had to try to break that stick and I'm like hitting it on my leg and you know trying to just break it and stuff like that and I gave it back to her and she said, that's the love of God. You can't break that bond between God and you. Uh, he's always gonna love you. And I think of this stick as also the love of our family that we are one, we are one, you know, strong stick and we always stay together. So those, those things kind of stuck out to me as a young, but yeah, she was a great influence for me. Good, thank you. Um, and, and Diane, why don't you uh, share your thoughts on that? Well, I can't share like the others have that I had that family influence um, and I didn't accept Christ, realized that I wanted to follow him until I was almost 40. So what inspired me or motivated me was a woman that I worked with and she was instrumental in, in me coming to Christ. But she would talk about her quiet time, so that intrigued me even before I was a believer. But then she would say things like, well, God taught me this, God showed me this, God spoke to me, and it created such a hunger. Like, I want that relationship with him. I wanna, I wanna learn from him. I wanna hear his voice and know what he wants me to do. So it, it really, 
the hunger was, it's just never gone away. Amen. That's great. Um, <clears throat> so as, as most of us probably know, uh, those of us who have a daily time with God, and especially those who try and, and struggle to have a daily time with God can attest to, it's not always easygoing. Um, and, and sometimes there are hurdles that we have to overcome. And so what, I'd like to hear from a few of you, what challenges did you face when you first started having a quiet time with God? So to the person who's, who's trying to build that spiritual habit right now, they're trying to start out, what hurdles did you have to overcome um, and how did, you, how did you overcome those? Um, Maggie, since you're right next to me, why don't we start with you? I, there's a lot of, pretty much I let anything interrupt it, which is, is part of the problem. And even today, the consistency is difficult. But I think that's you know, really what we're trying to strive for. And as I already mentioned, the, the current Bible study that we're doing is really helping with that. So I'm gr- very grateful for it. But you know, dogs, I have, um, I, a lot of people will say I have a pack. And I do. And when you come into my house, you have to watch out and try and keep them down. But um, at any rate, I have to take care of them in the morning. And I'm also acquiring more animals as, as we continue to move forward in life. And um, so they're demanding attention in the morning. And that's when I'm used to my routine. So my routine is getting interrupted. And that's a problem. Um, I, you know, Ariana wakes up and I, I'm homeschooling her, so that interruption will c- consistently happen. She runs down, and the first thing she wants to do, of course, this is a lovely interruption because now I get a, a, a loving hug from her and, hi, Grandma, good morning. But I'm just in the middle of finishing, you know, struggling with the concept, and, and it's, it's just the wrong time for that. But that interruption still takes me away from what I'm trying to do. Um, and the phone, I know there's a few of us here that have said that they keep it beside them, but I don't either. Um, because if I do, I'm going to allow it to interrupt me. It, you know, uh, I would be looking at it. I think stress is another one that really bothers me a lot. If I have something on my mind and there's something that I'm trying to work through in a pers- on a personal level, I allow that to interrupt my thoughts and it takes me away. It's just like you know, listening to a, a riveting instructor, you know, such as Jacob here, um, and, but you're sitting there and then you, your mind starts to wander and it goes someplace else that you don't want it to be. And it's hard, you have to reel it back in so that you're focused on what it is you're, you're, you're there for. And um, so that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just a thought I was having while you were talking about that. Because um, I, I too find myself, especially in prayer time, um, if there's something that I'm stressed about or worried about or something, my mind goes to that. Like I'll be trying to pray and focus. And, and what I've found is, what, what I end up doing is saying, there God. That's it, that's, what, that's what's on my heart. That's what I'm struggling with right now. That's what's stressing me out. Um, that's, that's what I'm worried about. That's what I need help with. Um, because even, even in that moment when we're not praying, right? God's, God's paying attention to that. He hears that. So, um, Matt, we'll just work our way around, Matt. Uh, I guess for me, the, you know, it's, it's always kind of been the same. 
but I, I struggle with it being like, I want it to be fresh and new, and sometimes it gets, I don't know what the word would be, like kind of checking the box thing, and, and you know, that's not a good thing either, so I guess I have to mix it up a bit. I mean, I've tried all kind of stuff. I mean, good stuff, but that's, if anybody you know me, I get distracted, so it's kind of good that I mix it up and keep it fresh in different ways. I've tried devotionals, the, I, the, the, currently, the, the, disciple, the D-Life journal is huge for me. I can dig right into the scriptures in the morning and read and pray, and it's focused, but it's only for a season, so I just want to encourage you. It, it doesn't always have to be the same, and it, you, you don't, there is dry times, and there is mountaintop experiences, but you'll never be disappointed if you continue to, to push through that. Yeah. Uh, let me just say real quick, because he's the second person that's kind of mentioned the D-Life journals that we're doing. If you're not familiar with that, it's a, it's a, a book that we, um, as, a, as a, an elder team, thought would be a good um, kind of goal for our life, or our D-groups this year, to read through the New Testament. And, and the D-Life journal um, is just a book, and it does just that. It's, it's read this chapter today. It's got a, a simple space for you to take a note, um, and then it's got a once a week where you meet with your D group, your discipleship group, to, to talk about one of the passages uh, that you read that week. Um, Angelo, uh, why don't you, you share some of the, the hurdles that you had to overcome when you first uh, kind of started to have that quiet time with God? Yeah, I think like more like most of us, when we start off with our relationship with God, we, um, we might feel at times that if we, <clears throat> if we do something that's not pleasing to him, um, we feel that he's disappointed in us. And that kind of draws us away from him. Um, you know, and each time you feel that and feel that, that guilt of what you've done or, or anything, you keep taking steps away from God. Mm. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Uh, but it's not him walking away. It's, it's us. Um, so, I mean, that, that was a, that's a big thing, you know, just feeling that, that guilt of, of sin when you're a new believer. And knowing that God is bigger than anything that we can ever put in front of him. He already knows what's going on, you know, but the relationship that we're trying to connect with him is being able to open up our hearts to him and tell him everything and anything that's going on, right? And believing that he knows what's going on and he can, mm -hmm. he can take care of that. Yeah, good. And then Jen, I think you have some thoughts that you'd like to share with this one. I was not brought up uh, being taught that the devil is active in one's life. I knew he existed, I knew hell existed, but it was just sort of an afterthought. And moving from college life into adult world and getting married and raising children, it is just so evident to me that he suits up every day and he is on the attack every day. Right now, he wants everything we're doing in this room to fail. <laughs> he wants all of us to fail. Amen. He would prefer you were all on your phones right now looking at them, scrolling, whatever, you know, happens. And just thoughts, you know, of, oh, goodness, we got to get lunch. It's not ready. I got to feed the kids. You know, all of that, everything that we deal with, uh, which is, you know, normal. But I had to learn and discipline myself that I'm going to fight harder than he is. And 
I had to learn what, which I think is what we all have to do, what does it look like suiting up for the day in the armor of God? And it's going to look different, as we said, for all of us. And it's going to look different through all the stages of life. Uh, But to be on fire and intentional and just so incredibly in love with him that you just can't imagine not having some piece of the day that you devote to him. Um, I knew a mom who was struggling so much with this because her three girls were little and she just didn't know how to make it work. And for her, she figured out, it's when I'm driving in the car. You know, kind of that soccer mom thing, (laughs) even though the girls weren't playing soccer, but that was her time. She's like, I'm behind the wheel and I have to be concentrating anyway. I'm going to be praying to God while I'm taking the girls wherever I need to go. That was her time. And trying to get up earlier in the morning just wasn't a reality. Trying to stay up at night, she was already falling asleep. You know, a lot of us have been there. And so sometimes suiting up just looks differently. Um, Very quickly for me, a season of our life, I had just left public school teaching. Sam had just been let go from a job and I was going into major surgery in about three days. We were in a very, very scary place. (laughs) And I had not seen anyone do this, I had only heard. But for me, the armor of God in that season was, I was on the floor on my knees crying and begging God for help, for direction, for guidance, for love. Um, So sometimes even our body posture has to look different in where we place ourselves in our homes. Um, Last, I think it was last week we took communion, I don't know, a week too. The young man up here last week, I was telling our family on the way to church today, when he took communion with Trent and finished, and threw his hands up in the air. I was like, praise God, why are we all not doing that? (laughs) And not that we need to be, but you know, sometimes it's our our posture too, along with our heart, and just just being free, instead of putting ourselves in a box that it has to look a certain way. Mm. Yeah, Um, I like that that thought about posture, because, um, and, and I didn't share, one of the my dad was, was, I saw him every day, um, you know, spending time with God. And so that, that was impactful on me and my, my forming of that spiritual habit. And if my dad was praying during his time with God, he was always on his knees. Um, and, and he even, we would, he would pray with us before bed and we would be laying in bed, but he was on his knees. And there was, there was just something, you know, about that posture that, that put him in the mindset that humbled him to be able to, to come before uh, God. So, yeah. Um, so, we've established that there, there are hurdles to getting started. Um, and there, there's hurdles to continuing, and we're going to talk about those in a minute, but... Um, does anybody have any encouragement? Any anything that has um, has anyone found anything that helps maintain a consistent rhythm uh, in their time with God? Because um, that I think is a struggle for a lot of people is that consistency. So, um, uh, Becca, why don't you get us started with that? What what have you found that helps you stay consistent in your in your time with God? Well, I'm not perfectly consistent in like anything. 
<laughs> I do brush my teeth every day a couple times, but other than that, I don't usually do things in a, I'm not a very patterned person in what I do. And so what's, one thing that's helped me, again, I'm gonna talk about the D-Life Journal, but there are other, um, it doesn't have to be that one, but in fact, um, the past two studies that we've done um, as my D-Group were ones that had a five-day reading plan to do in seven days. And that has really helped me to, I'm gonna talk later about why, but that's really helped me when it has, it, it just seems to make it more doable when you have that. And it's not like then I don't think about anything of faith for the other two days, you know. There's, there's a margin of error. <laughs> right. Yeah, gives right. you some breathing room. But also the, one of the biggest things, and um, I had answered this when we were talking about it, and I maybe said it wrong when we were doing planning it, but um, one of the biggest things for me that keeps me consistent is being accountable to others. So when I'm leading, the importance of not asking someone else to do something I'm not doing weighs heavily on me. I can't expect it of, if I'm discipling someone, and we can say that in any way, it doesn't have to be in the churchy word of discipling, but if I'm being an example for somebody and I'm not doing what I'm asking them to do, then I'm a fraud. So part of what, why I do it is so that I'm not a fraud. <laughs> And um, you know, and I think that's a tool that God uses for me in accountability to others to keep me where I need to be. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I think taking a leadership role in any kind of, in this case, discipling, just kind of raises the temperature for yourself. Well, I think the example too, and it just, this just kind of just came to me, that I think a lot of people think that in order to lead, you have to know it all, you have to be capable of it all, and that's not true. And somebody, it may have been Pastor Mark where I first saw it, but he stood on a chair and he reached down to pull someone, sorry, he reached down to pull someone up to where he was and he reached up to have someone pull them, him up mm. to, to where they were. And I think that if we surround ourselves with people that fulfill both of those things, um, then I think that's a way to be consistent in your own faith. Yeah. Um, Ken. The question is, has anyone found something to help maintain a rhythm? My alarm clock. <laughs> um, I use the alarm clock so that I, I'm not late for work. So why not use it to uh, make time for God? Um, I get up you know, a little bit extra early in the morning so that I have that time. Um, we make appointments for all kinds of other things, for doctors and for whatever. Why not have an appointment with God? Um, whether it's morning, evening, whatever, as we're talking, you know, whatever works, works for you. And, and just as a side note, um, the snooze button on your alarm clock is a terrible thing. Okay? Don't put your alarm clock beside your bed. My alarm clock's across the room so I have to get out of bed to shut it off. Tim, you're already up, so get moving. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the snooze button is not great, which is why I end up setting like four alarms, because then they keep going off. And... That's my f yeah, I should. You're right. I should. <laughs> Samuel. Um, so 
First, I'll agree with Becca that I try to make sure I brush my teeth every day, too. So, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Your wife thanks you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I would agree uh, as well with Becca that consistency goes through rhythms of life. So what consistency worked at, at this time isn't necessarily what's going to work at this time. Uh, so one of the things that's been working for me is called insomnia. So that's a gift. Um, it truly is. It, um, when you're awake, um, it's it's a great way to, to pray and be consistent about those things. So uh, getting up. But um, t two more points I wanted to make around this. Um, uh, I remember a professor during graduate school, Dr. Fuller, said, um, start young, start young with consistency because it does not get any easier. And I remembered him saying that, but blew it off, and it is true. It doesn't get any easier. So along with that, because that's like a, not necessarily uplifting to hear that, um, along with that, so it will get more uplifting here in a, in a second. <laughs> um, I, I've been doing a, a lot of running. Um, I, I have a, a plan in place to get somewhere, and it's very long. Uh, I hired a coach and um, he has a plan for me now, so I'm going to translate that. And, and I'm consistent with that plan. I just do what he tells me to do. Um, a plan might be um, a devotional plan. People have said the um, you Bible. Is that right? You version. Um, or there are devotional plans. The internet is a good friend for finding plans. Um, and in, a, in addition to that, it's slow. Some of this running that I'm doing is incredibly slow and monotonous, and I'm not going to lie, I sort of think it's boring. Uh, but that gets you where you want to go. Sometimes your consistent rhythm might be boring, um, but that's okay. Um, rhythm is about practicing, and practice is sometimes boring. I played the trumpet when I was a kid, and my parents wished I practiced less, I can tell you that too. Um, and the last thing I want to say uh, is, if you don't know what a devotional is, it's, it's just a guide that can sort of help you with, with reading scripture, so it, it's like prompts and questions, and this word also came up that was commentary. Uh, a commentary is often a, a pastor or a biblical scholar who's written about the Bible, in, in case you were wondering what that word meant too. Well, yeah, thank you for defining those, for sure. Um, you want to say something too? Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. And then, well, Maggie and then Jen. Yep. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, there's a lot that's already been said that I would have said as well, like a routine, a Bible study, which I've already mentioned a number of times. And I also had accountability partner. That's a, that's a really good one. Giving yourself grace, though, when you fail, because God does. And I think that one's really important. And the last one that I wanted to kind of mention that I feel is, is um, important as well is getting up the next day and trying again and just never giving up. You just got to keep trying. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be perfect. It's perfect. Your progress makes, or whatever we are on. <laughs> Sorry. Practice makes progress. Practice makes yeah. progress. I'll, I'll add to that because I, I was going to say this later, but it fits with what you were saying. Um, <clears throat> It doesn't matter how long it's been, right? If it's been a minute, if it's been 10 minutes, if it's been 10 years, 
since you've spent time with God, he's waiting, right? He's waiting for you with open arms. He's not, and this came to me the other night, I was having some insomnia um, because I took too long of a nap in the afternoon because the baby kept us awake. And so in in that thought, I, I had this, God, when, when you fail to spend time with, and we're all gonna do that at some point, right? But when you, when you fail to do that, God is not the parent of the teenager who broke curfew. He's not sitting on the couch stewing and, and what, what's the consequence gonna be? When are they coming back? He's the parent who is waiting for their child to return from a long trip. Right? He's waiting to receive you. He's waiting with open arms. He's waiting to, uh, if you're a parent, you know how great it is to hug your child when you haven't seen them in a long time. That's what he's waiting for. He's not waiting to, to give you a consequence or punish you because you didn't spend time with him last week uh, or yesterday or for the past month. He's, he's waiting. He's waiting for you. Okay. And then Jen. Ditto. <laughs> I don't really have much more to add other than, you know, if you are the type of person, um, a little unlike Becca, uh, you know, I'm super to-do list, check off the box. I can be very legalistic. I can beat myself up more than anyone else can when I don't feel like I've done what I should have done. Um, <clears throat> and I think just to learn, he, he is greater than a to-do list. He isn't a to-do list. <laughs> He is the list. Uh, so whatever, you know, whatever that's going to look like for you, you, you want, whether it's morning, evening, or we just talked to someone who said, I'm pretty sure it's now the afternoon for me, right at the end of the work day, which for a teacher, I was like, no. Um, <laughs> but oh, where she is in life, I was like, okay. Uh, he, he just wants you. Um, Ideally, he would like the best you, you know, at that moment, but sometimes it's just all we can give in that moment, and that's what he wants. He just wants your heart. I'll be honest, I've had seasons with devotionals. I knew the devotional was distracting me from him. It mm. might seem a little counterintuitive and crazy, but it was like I was going through the routine to check off the box, and I'm like, I'm not even, like, connecting. So sometimes the devotionals aren't the answer either. Um, it's just giving yourself the freedom to figure out what, what is the answer. Hmm. I think that's great advice, that if you are struggling, it feels like a dry season, like you're just checking it off your list. Try something different. Try changing it up. Try changing up the time of day. Try changing up the location. Try changing the, the rhythm a little bit and, and see if that has an impact. I think that's great advice, Jen. Now, uh, as we've established, just because you're up here doesn't mean you don't still struggle, right? We all do. Um, we're all busy. Uh, we, you know, we all have things going on. Some of us are in the midst of raising children. Uh, some of us are caring for ailing parents. Some of us are in the middle of a, a medical diagnosis that kind of rocked our world. Some of us are um, just busy with work and taking kids to soccer practice. So, what is um, your biggest struggle with consistency right now? Uh, and if you have any advice to offer about it, uh, share that as encouragement as well. 
Um, uh, we'll start with Matt. Well, I'm just going to kind of back up. I think most of the stuff that we've said, we we're probably going to say it again, but is, you know, to get out of your own head if you, if you don't make it that day. You know, I used to think it was seven for seven or nothing. That's, a, that's bad advice, you know, in, in, the, in the lives we live in. And the, the part about God is waiting for you. He's always waiting for you, whether you miss or not. So don't do the catch-up thing where you got to keep doing it. And you, you know, you missed this day, so you got to do two days in one. Let it go. I, that's what I've learned, that, that you just got to let it go and, and get back to him. Go back to him, always. Uh, whatever that looks like. Uh, but he's always waiting to, to fellowship with him. But I will say this, I'm going to say it again. I've never been disappointed. Okay? So it's worth it. Good. Thanks. Uh, Cameron. Um, yeah, one of the things I struggle with is just when I'm out of a routine. Um, so being a teacher, um, I'm out of my routine for two and a half months <laughs> every Same. year um, with travel or other things going on. And um, that's honestly when I struggle the most to be consistent when I have more free time and I'm filling it with other um, travel or uh, activities or whatever. Like I just when I'm out of a routine for me personally, um, it, it doesn't come as much of a priority to that. I need to start my day with God. Uh, I'll pray some other time throughout the day or what, I'm sleeping it, whatever. Um, so being out of routine is tough for me. So um, for those of you who don't know, in the last month or so, I changed jobs, had a knee surgery, and had a second child. Um, no <laughs> so I've been out there. of a routine for a while now, um, and I'm trying to get back into it. But one of the things that's kind of new in my routine is our first daughter, Kaya, has been waking up earlier. Um, she used to be an eight to eight baby, um, which was amazing. Um, and now she's waking up at like 4.45 and I have to put her back to bed for an hour and then she gets up at six. And um, so she's been getting up a little bit earlier, um, especially in the last week or so. Um, but I've found that that time that I would carve out for me and God, I have the opportunity to carve out for me and Kaya and God. Um, so a lot of times she'll want to start her day with a snack immediately. Where's my snack? Um, and, and a bluey. Um, but in the last uh, few times that she's woken up early enough that I'm still home um, from work or getting ready for work, I've been trying to start the day with her and her like uh, story time Bible. Um, what are those called? The storybook Bible. The storybook Bible um, that we use in our um, Kids Life program and all that kind of stuff. But um, we'll read a little story from that Bible and kind of talk about it. And then um, we'll pray and thank God for this day or for um, making all the animals or whatever we're, the story we're reading is. Um, but that's been that's been something that is brand new this week, honestly, but it's going to change up my routine again, and um, I'm having to learn to be a little more flexible with how I spend time with God. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's good. Um, and again, at different seasons, it's going to look different, and we sometimes get this idealized vision of what it should look like in our heads, and, and then when something throws that off, then we struggle. Yeah. 
And that, one more plug for discipleship groups. Uh, Jacob and I and Spencer are in a discipleship, discipleship group. Uh, Jacob just had a baby. We just had a baby. Spencer's about to have a baby. Our routines are very off. So um, we're the discipleship uh, or the D journal, D life journal. Um, it's, it's cool in the fact that you don't have to be do, reading the same thing every day and talk exactly about the same things. And if you're off a week, oh no, we've fallen behind, what's the point of meeting, whatever. Um, you're able to meet and still open the word together um, and discuss whatever you read at that moment together. And that's kind of how we've fallen into our routine because once again, our routine has been off. Um, so having that flexibility in your accountability group is also good as well. Which you know, also means that if you're somebody who is still not in a D group, um, just because you haven't been doing the D-Life Journal this whole time doesn't mean you can't start now. Yeah. Um, and again, I can't say enough about being in a D group. That's been the most impactful thing I've done for my faith journey in the past 10 years. Um, and, and so if that's something you're interested in, uh, see myself or Angelo or Matt after, put it on a communication card, leave it in the offering plate, drop it off at first impressions, uh, and we'll make sure to connect with you to get you into one. Um, and then, Becca. She doesn't want to give me the microphone. So my biggest struggle, struggle is coffee. <laughs> I never learned to drink coffee or tea. And I'm pretty sure that everybody's devotional day starts with coffee. Even our pastor, when he says he wants to meet, he said, we'll meet for coffee. It's all about coffee. So I think had I learned to drink coffee, so my advice to you would be learn to drink coffee so that you can do your devotions. <laughs> Okay, that's re it's really true for me, but maybe not for you. But I think that my biggest struggle um, with maintaining uh, consistency has been, throughout my entire life, has been trying to fit into someone else's plan. And um, it, those of you who do know me, I don't generally think like everyone else. Um, it's it's a, kind of be a pretty weird place in here sometimes. And so I'm not sure why I always thought that I had to have a quiet time, a devotional time that looked like everyone else's. Mm. But I always did. So when I would fail at that, then that was so discouraging that then I'd give it up. And one of the things that I am horrible at, um, I love to write, and if you would see my D-Life journal, they give you a little place to write. So I have written I, every spot on those two pages. Um, and I like it because it's like ends there. It doesn't have to go on in books. But it's, every spot is covered. And my D group laughs whenever they, they're like, whoa, when they look at it. But, um, but I think that you know what before, most of the pattern for me was something that was dated. So something said that you're going to start on January 1st or whatever, and you're going to work through the dates. Well, then I would do it. And then I would fail at it, and then it would be March. And I'd be like, well, now I'm really a failure because I didn't do, where did February go? You know, all of those things. And so when I sort of gave up that process of it, and, um, you know, I've, I've learned that if I set my face toward God every day, um, from the beginning of the day, it doesn't have to look a certain way as long as I'm connected. And the other thing with that is, when I keep the consistency, then that builds consistency. So, which I didn't used to find because I think I would just give up because it didn't look like someone else's. But the more I study, the more I read, the more I want to. 
and the more I, re I read something, and because scripture is n new every day, you know, you can look at it. One of my favorite things was one time Donna, um, Allison was reading her Bible, something that she'd read over and over and over again, and she, she was like, she told us all, it was written in Sharpie this day. I mean, the, what, was, what God was trying to tell her that day was written in Sharpie in her Bible, that big. Of course it wasn't, but it seemed like that. So anyway, with it being new every day, then the more I look into it, the more it wants me, I want to look into it. And the more rabbit trails that I go down, which don't look like the standard devotional time, mm -hmm. And yet I've spent, I'll realize I've spent an hour, um, you know, studying one part that maybe I'd read in the normal way 20 times before that, but then suddenly it's, God makes it new, I think. Um, so giving up what I thought it ought to be for what it can be and what God can do for me in that, except for coffee. But um, <laughs> I think that that, has made a difference for me in consistency. That's encouraging, yeah. Does anyone else feel like this is national public radio? Where we're like... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but Trent and I did talk about it. It's, it's not, I, I joked that it was gonna look like a, a debate, yeah. the way it was set up, and I said, I could put a table down here, and no, we didn't do it that way. Uh, hot chocolate? Uh, anything? No? No? If, if there's snow, and there's I've snow. been sledding, which doesn't really happen a lot now, but <laughs> if I've been sledding, I love hot chocolate, but nope. nope. Okay, all right, all right. Well, um, you all have done a, a great job this morning. I, that was encouraging to me. I hope it was encouraging to you all. Um, we've, we've got one more question uh, that we're gonna end with, and we're once again gonna hear from everybody. Um, and it, it, keep it, Keep it brief. It's 11:47. Uh, we also still have to pray. Uh, so the question is, what's your why? Why do you spend time with God each day? Uh, let's. We'll start with Angelo again uh, because a, uh, and we'll just work our way back around. All right. My why is. See, I've written it down. Not that it's so profound, but um, to spend more time with God and to draw closer to Him. I think we all want that. Uh, a sense of togetherness and oneness with Him. Um, spiritual growth and a commitment to living in obedience through my faith in Him. And because I love him. Mine is about uh, relationships. Um, because that's what being a Christian is. It's a relationship. It's not a religion. And uh, I heard it put this, I heard it put this way. Um, I want to be in relationships so when I am making mistakes, when I am failing, when I am scared, when I'm afraid, I want to run to God instead of being afraid of, oh gosh, I'm in trouble and running from him. And one way to make sure that that happens is being intimately connected and having a relationship with him. I love photography 
And I love how you can capture a moment in time and keep it forever. And so I have a lot of those in my head. And when my grandfather was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, I, I ran to their house. And there they were seated, my grandma and grandpa seated at the table around the Bible. And I'll just always remember that moment that when he had that diagnosis and back then, we knew pancreatic cancer was not gonna be curable. Um, I just wanna be in that photograph. Mm. I, I just want that to be for us and to model that for our children because the tough times will always come. But we have victory sitting around the Bible. Um, <clears throat> this past week, Isaac, my grandson, who's 12, came to me and asked me a question that they had asked at youth. Um, is if when, when you get to heaven, what are you going to ask God? <laughs> and um, I used to have all kinds, you know, like, what about page 15, Lord? I mean, I had other, I had questions. And then in a study that I did a long time ago when I was learning about the otherness of God, I realized that the first thing I was going to do is get flat. You know, I was going to get low. Um, but when he asked me to answer that question, I gave him way more of an answer than he was looking for, although he looks for big answers all the time, and that's awesome. But he, I told him that I was going to ask how, he, how God could have given his son for me why did you give up your son for my life? And so that's my why. My why is because I love him. Amen. Great. And I have to follow that. <laughs> Mic drop. Um, my why um, comes from the word. Um, God tells me to seek him. He tells me to seek him many places in the word. He tells me that um, his love for me is steadfast and everlasting. And it just makes me think um, early on in my journey with Christ, I read the Amplified Paraphrase. And if you've ever, a friend of mine used to say it was the wordy Bible, the woman's Bible. But anyhow, um, many places there will be there will be definitions of words uh, within a verse, um, and one that I always gravitated to, where it says God will never leave you or forsake you. In the Amplified, it says that three times. I need to hear that. I need to hear that every day. I need to hear that He will comfort me, that He will instruct me and guide me, show me which way to go, that He will provide strength for me and that he is my help in trouble. That's why. So you've heard a lot about this D-Life and discipleship groups and so forth. Um, so yesterday there was a bunch of us went to a uh, conference, seminar, uh, D-Life seminar. Um, first question, first actually first paragraph was a bunch of questions in the book. Uh, first one was, what is your purpose in life? Do you know? Everyone lives for something. What do you live for? What's your life's passion? And then this one is what really impacted me. What gets you out of bed in the morning? So we all have something. Your alarm clock. My alarm clock. <laughs> um, 
we all have something that we're passionate about. Um, and if you know Christ as your Savior, uh, it's, it's about a changed lifestyle. Um, we go through a lot of things in life that changes our life, or change our lifestyle, whether it's you know, graduation from school or college, your job, uh, get married, have children, changes your lifestyle. Um, becoming a Christ follower should be a changed lifestyle. Um, so that we can go out making difference to other people in, in this world. Yeah, I'll keep mine quick. It's kind of like Sam's. It's the relationship. I want to spend time with God for the relationship, um, to build that relationship, to um, put into the relationship, to get out of the relationship. Um, like, but but there's times in relationship where you're doing it because you're really enjoying it. You're doing it because. Um, because you enjoy the person you're in relationship with, whatever, but there's other times in relationships that you're doing things for the sake of the relationship. And I think that goes into the kind of the ebbs and flows of our discipleship and our uh, time with God, um, that sometimes, man, you really don't want to, but you need to kick yourself in the butt and say, I'm going to anyways, for the sake of the relationship. Um, and it's, it's worth it on the back end. Yeah, I would say that, you know, I think it's the scripture is very clear that you can't get enough of God. And I'm going to just ditto with the relationship piece here. Uh, but the relationship with my relationship with God in spending time in the quiet time directly affects my vertical relationships. It just does. I mean, ask my wife. Okay. So that's why, because I, he fills me and I leak and I need to be refreshed every day. So that's because that's why I do what I do. I think that I do it because I'm commanded to. We know that Jesus said, when you pray. He didn't say, if you pray. He says, when you pray. And Jesus also gave us that wonderful example of being connected to the Father on a constant basis. And I try to obey. I'm not going to say that I do a great job, but I absolutely do try. And it deepens our relationship to him. Of course, relationship has been mentioned a number of times already, too. But when you do pray, then you more readily see when he answers it. And then that, in turn, gives you growth. You can grow in your faith. It can give you confidence that God's promises are true, that he's going to He's going to deliver on those promises he's given to us. And it definitely helps me to also see the will of God. I know what he wants me to do in my life because I'm connected to him. And that's really critical. Good. Um, you can keep that. Um, I hope that you were encouraged uh, by their answers. Um, I think that was great. Um, I was encouraged by, by what they've shared today. Um, and, and hopefully... Uh, you you see the impact uh, that that this spiritual practice of spending time with God can have uh, on your progress in your faith journey. Uh, we're going to end our time today with something that we would normally begin with. Um, this is the the first Sunday of the month, and if you um, have been at Zion for any amount of time, you know that we do a pause and pray usually. Um, 
And then this year, we started on the first Sunday of the month making it what we call a stop and pray, where we stop and we pray for an extended period of time. Uh, And that's what we're going to do up here uh, today, is we're going to pray uh, for the body at Zion, uh, that this spiritual practice of spending time with God would um, be... um, a habit that gets rooted in your life, uh, that it's impactful in your progress, um, and uh, we'll, we'll just work our way around, um, and, and we'll end with Angela. I'll start, uh, and we'll move, move that way. Lord, um, I thank you for, for the, the wisdom that was on the stage today and the, the encouragement that we heard. Um, Lord, you want to spend time with us. You want us to seek you. Uh, and Lord, that, that always humbles me that um, my God who is so big wants, wants time with me. Uh, and Lord, I pray for uh, Zion, Lord, that we would understand that. Lord, that you would release anybody from, from the, the frustration or any guilt or shame that they might feel over um, what their, their time with you has looked like in the past or what it looks like now, um, Lord, kind of release them from that expectation and, and that, that um, again, that guilt and shame and, or, or tension that they might feel um, about it and just help them to understand that you want them to spend time with you. Loving Father, forgive us for not giving you the time that we should and that we allow distractions to pull us away from you. We are so thankful that you are the father of many chances. I ask that you help us to remember how important it is to stay connected to you no matter what or where we are in our life. Help us always to give you our best. Lord, I pray for the body here. Lord, 80% of life is showing up. Lord, I just pray for the body that they would just be willing to take that step and to give themselves grace on starting this and whatever that looks like. As Ken said, there's no wrong way to do it. So I just pray blessing on that. I pray refreshment. I pray that you would just move in the hearts and minds of lives that they would understand the value and, and stay the course. I pray for them right now in Jesus' name. And God, I pray for the person who has been struggling to do it alone, that you will um, allow people to come alongside them and um, show them the way, encourage them, provide support, provide accountability, whether that's um, a discipleship group, a life group, a uh, Sunday morning class, a friend, a mentor, somebody, God, um, to come along that person who has been struggling to do it alone. God, thank you for um, just how much you love us. Help us to remember that each and every day um, that we would run to you and and just embrace you um, even when it's difficult, even when time is hard. God, that we would turn to you and uh, allow you to shower us with your love. Father, I pray for my church family. I pray that we would each one hunger and thirst for you, that we would hunger and thirst for righteousness, that we can become more like you, that Christ would be formed in us, and that when we go to all the places that you would guide us, that they would see Christ in us, and we would freely give 
to others what we have received. Lord, I lift up the people who um, struggle like me with inconsistency. Help them to know that you are the consistency. You're the one that's there always. Um, and that you are ready to um, welcome us back even if we fail. Father, I thank you for this nation that we live in. I thank you so much for those who defend our freedom and our our right and privilege and just freedom to be able to have a Bible in our home and on our person and never fear that. I just pray that you be with all the military um, who serve near and far and with all the law enforcement here near and far who, who protect these rights for us so that um, we can just freely worship you with no fear. So I pray that we honor that. Father, I ask that you would remove any barriers of shame, guilt, doubt, and apathy, um, and just uh, place into uh, hearts and minds in this sanctuary and sanctuaries all over the country, and even not in sanctuaries, that all you ever wanted was our heart. I ask that we would be open to the love that you are freely uh, willing and wanting, desperately, desperately wanting to give us. Father God, I just want to end this prayer with a quote which says, I know that God is all I need, but I don't yet know him well enough for him to be all that I have. Lord, we know you. We know who you are. What we might not know is how much you really, really love us, how much that you're here for us, Lord. Break that barrier that's between you and I, that's between all of us, that we can come to you freely with our hearts and our minds and know that you are all that we need and all that we have, Lord. And that our relationship with you, the intimate relationships with you, will continue to grow. And I pray this for each and every one of us in this church right now. In Jesus' name, amen.